Welcome to the A-Level Politics Show, folks. You may have noticed a few things since we last spoke. I've decided to make the system for searching these podcasts a little easier by simply having them contained in one big series, distinguished by episode number. So gone are the series one, two, three, four, etc. You are now simply listening to episode 87. That's right, 87 podcasts and 267,000 download streams and plays since we started. I'm so happy that these podcasts are being used by teachers and students alike. And remember, folks, if you would like access to the entire back catalogue, you can subscribe to Plus Plus Plus. For just $1.99 a month, you can listen to all the shows we've ever produced. And going forward, you'll receive an additional two podcasts per month in addition to free episodes like this one. Just follow the link in the show notes and it will all get sorted within a few minutes. No hassle, cancel any time. Thank you for supporting the show. Now, for this episode, we are focusing on everything ideologies. What do you have to remember about these questions and how can you get yourself a fantastic mark? This podcast is really for those taking the Edexcel specification and is specific to the 24 mark question. We will divide up the episode into a number of tips. We will start with the basics and then we'll deal with this thorny issue of the extent, to what extent, that's what all these questions are. We will cover strands and how to make your essay a strand-led essay. We will give some tips on comparative language, which is vital to be used throughout your essay. I will cover the so-called disagree sandwich approach to structuring your essay and then we will conclude with how to use key thinkers and how to write good conclusions. So on with the show. Oh, and I'll try to weave in model answers from the core ideologies and uh, non-core ideologies. When I say model answers, not whole essays, but sentence starters, which I really do think are useful to you to help you meet the assessment criteria. After the break, we'll deal with the basics. Let's start from the beginning. Each paper is worth 84 marks and you have to take three of them, aptly named papers one, two and three. For papers one and two, 24 of the 84 marks for each of these papers involve answering questions on ideologies. So the ideologies section make up around 19% of your final politics A-level mark. For paper one, you study three core ideologies, liberalism, conservatism and socialism. So everyone has to learn about those. And on paper one, you get a choice of two ideologies questions and you choose one of those. The choice of questions could cover just one of these core ideologies. So in November 2021, the examiner gave two questions just on liberalism. This means that you have to revise all three core ideologies just in case you are asked on only one of them. For paper two, you answer questions on a non-core ideology. Most schools and colleges teach just one non-core ideology since the specification is so large already, although one or two colleges I know do teach more than that. Most of you will learn just one core ideology though, non-core ideology though, um, and that will be out of 
uh, anarchism, ecologism, feminism, multiculturalism and nationalism. You should already have a good idea about which non-court ideology your centre, your college, your school uh, will be covering. Again, you'll have a choice of two questions on your non-core ideology and you choose to answer just one of those. For example, in June 2022 on nationalism, the questions were, one, to what extent does nationalism have a consistent view of self-determination? And two, to what extent does nationalism have a common view of the nation? So students who studied nationalism and taking the public exams in 2022 picked one of those to answer. Now, ideologies require you just to compare the similarities and differences within the ideology you are writing about. So you are not comparing liberalism with conservatism or feminism with anarchism. After the break, we will focus on the key tips to help you achieve a good mark in these types of questions. The first area I really want to focus on is this word extent, okay? So all questions on ideologies start with the stem, to what extent? This is very different from the word evaluate, which is the starting word for the 30 mark questions in the other sections of the papers that you will be uh, taking. Evaluate simply means to judge. It ultimately requires you to come down heavily on one side of an answer. With the to what extent questions for ideologies, the examiner needs you to acknowledge that there are similarities and differences within each ideology and to write about both those similarities and differences. However, what you are measuring with an extent question is not a yes, no type thing, um, but uh, it's a measurement thing. Is the ideology largely united or largely disunited on the specific question you are being asked to answer? Therefore, we should see phrases like conservatives mostly agree on society or feminists are largely opposed to each other when it comes to the personal being political or nationalists only share limited agreement when it comes to self-determination or ecologists have mainly differing views differing views when it comes to capitalism and its role on sustainability, etc, etc, etc. The word largely, the word mostly, the word limited are all words to use frequently throughout your essays because you are showing the examiner the extent of agreement. You are, and you should do this uh, from the start, at the commencement of your essay, as well at the ending of each of your paragraphs and the beginning of each of your paragraphs for that matter, and of course in your conclusion. Doing so will help with AO3. AO3 is evaluation, which is worth about a third of your marks. Now, my suggestion is you simply start with a one-line introduction that clearly states whether an ideology is largely united or largely divided about the specific focus of the question. Now remember you only have 30 minutes to answer a 24 mark question and it is often the question students tackle last and we see a lot of students run out of time so it's best to truncate to reduce uh, your introduction to what the examiner is actually looking for in the introduction and that is your line of argument or your direction. So here are some model opening statements for the to what extent questions. Here we go. Liberals largely disagree on the state. Conservatives agree on the organic society to a large extent. 
socialists mostly agree on the means, but largely disagree on the ends of socialism. Anarchists largely disagree over human nature. Ecologists are mostly in agreement over the economy. Nationalists are, for the most part, in agreement over self-determination. Multiculturalists are largely inconsistent in their views of diversity. So what we've done there is use those extent words, uh, those measurement words. We are taking a clear line. We are saying something is more than something else, but we are not saying something is completely in disagreement or completely in agreement. Otherwise, if we had that, then you wouldn't necessarily have an ideology. You wouldn't necessarily be making your essay what I call strands-led. And after the break, we will be focusing on what strands-led means. Your essay must be strands-led. For AO2, that's marks for analysis, explanation, and having balance, you are comparing the factions or strands or divides or groups within an ideology. You are not comparing the key thinkers, more on key thinkers in a minute. So to answer the questions outlined in the last section, you have to measure extent by comparing the strands, ideally two strands in every paragraph. You need sentence starters, I think, to help you do this. At the start of every paragraph, your first sentence should mention two strands. The paragraph should then contain content about each of the two strands that are mentioned. Let's give some sentence starters to help you uh, with this strand-led approach. Let's imagine the question is thus. To what extent do liberals agree about the state? My first sentence of one of my paragraphs could be this. Classical liberals and modern liberals largely agree about the structure of the state. Notice that I've used the word largely because I am the whole while measuring the extent of agreement. That's my AO3. But I'm also comparing two strands and that's my AO2. Also, my sentence starter has a clear theme. In this case, it is the structure of the state. So the rest of my paragraph should focus on this. I may go on to write about uh, all the agreements here, the belief in limited government, uh, the, the necessity for checks and balances, the idea of a social contract, the dispersal of power. I would use key terms like social contract to help with AO1. AO1 um, includes marks for knowledge. Let's use another model sentence starter to help you compare the strands and this time I'll focus on the differences. Let's imagine that the question is to what extent do socialists agree about the means and ends of socialism? My sentence starter is as follows. Revolutionary socialists and evolutionary socialists largely disagree on the means to achieve socialism. The theme is clear. This paragraph will cover the means, the methods of achieving socialism. And the two strands I will compare are revolutionary and evolutionary in this paragraph. I may go on to write in the same paragraph about how revolutionary socialists believe in what's called a Marxist dialectic, the idea that um, revolution is inevitable, and historical materialism, that key term meaning uh, that whoever controls the economy is in control of so much more. 
I can then, once I've given a bit of content, use phrases to get me back to relevance, to get me back to answering the question. The question's about means and ends, and the theme of my paragraph is specifically about the means. So the following phrase might help. These points are relevant to the question because, or I could use the phrase consequently. I love the phrase consequently. Let's model this to, to show you what I'm talking about. This point is relevant to the question because since revolutionary socialists believe in the inevitability of revolution and since due to their belief that it is essential for workers to control the economy, they favour revolutionary rather than evolutionary methods. So having these phrases helps you turn your AO1 knowledge, in this case I'm referring to historical materialism and dialectic, I'm using key terms, which is all AO1 knowledge, and I'm turning it into AO2 analysis because I'm explaining the consequence of these beliefs, these key terms, to the actual question on the means and why a specific strand supports a certain method. After the break, we will be coming back to this idea of comparative language, which is so vital for your essay. I want you to avoid the word think in your opening sentence. Let me just model this really bad use of uh, the word think. New right conservatives think X on the economy. Now, the word think is likely to lead you down the path of just giving information about one of the strands. So we need to use comparative language throughout to force us to compare two strands rather than write about one. You need to cover, again, both the similarities and differences uh, between the strands. It's impossible to reach the higher grades without a good use, uh, a good dose of both similarities and differences. The level four mark descriptor reads thus. Consistent comparative analysis of political information with coherent logical chains of reasoning drawing on similarities and differences within political information which make relevant connections between ideas and concepts, AO2. So you can't get a good mark unless you do this. Similarities and differences can help you get 15 marks uh, and above out of 24. Comparative analysis, sorry, comparative language then is vital. So when you are referring to the similarities, use phrases like similarly or likewise. Let's model this. Likewise, post-colonial nationalists also share the liberal nationalist belief in self-determination. We also need to, to, to use comparative language for differences and phrases that will help you here are in contrast or whereas. Let's model this again. Whereas radical feminists believe patriarchy extends to the private sphere, unlike the liberal focus on just the public sphere. We can also use case studies or examples, real life examples, to tease out the similarities. Now only use real life examples to tease out the differences or similarities between strands. Otherwise, just mentioning that the Nazis invaded Poland is completely useless to you. So let's start with the example and then end on the strands and what they think about this example. Here we go, I'm modeling it now. The Nazi occupation of Poland emphasizes the difference between the different nationalists on self-determination. This occupation shows that expansion and expansionist nationalists view that not all states have equal rights to self-determination, whereas post-colonial nationalists would abhor such a takeover. 
Okay, so what I've done there, I've used the Nazi occupation of Poland, and then I've, I've said, well, expansionist nationalists would uh, um, be in favour of this because they believe that not all states have equal rights to self-determination, so Poland doesn't have a right to exist in expansionist nationalist views, um, whereas post-colonial nationalists uh, would be against this and would believe that every uh, nation has uh, the right to self-determination, and so they would be against this Nazi occupation. So in, in using an example, um, I'm, I'm doing so in order to tease out uh, the differences with the strands in this case. Only use it to tease out differences or similarities. Don't just simply throw in real life examples. They get you absolutely nothing and absolutely nowhere. So after the break, we will focus on what's called the disagree or agree sandwich. Many students struggle in structuring an ideology's essay. Remember, your essay has to show similarities and differences. It doesn't have to be those similarities and differences. They don't have to be in equal amounts. And indeed, you want to perhaps push for your direction to have more. So if you say they largely agree, probably best to write about more how they, they agree. Enter the disagree sandwich. The purpose of this structure is to wrap your arguments around the weaker arguments. Imagine a sandwich, if you will. It has two bits of bread and a filling. These are these now the, the bits of bread are the arguments you agree with, um, and the the filling in the middle. Let's just say it's a McChicken sandwich. The chicken is the bit in the middle. It's the paragraph in the middle um, that, in your view, is the weaker argument. Let me explain using a case study. The question is: To what extent do conservatives agree on society? Let's say you argue that conservatives mostly agree on society. Your opening statement is therefore something like, conservatives largely agree on society. Your subsequent essay should then follow this opening statement that you've written with three main body paragraphs and a conclusion at the end. The first main body paragraph the bread should describe how different strands agree about society because you say they largely agree. The second main body paragraph, that's the paragraph in the middle, if you like, of your main body. So we'll call that the middle paragraph. Or shall we stick with the analogy of the burgers and call that uh, the filling? OK, so this filling paragraph or this middle paragraph should focus on how the strands disagree. Um, and then the third paragraph um, should return to how the strands agree. And by doing so, you are focusing more on how the strands agree, fitting in with your direction, whilst acknowledging that there is some disagreement. Therefore, you are accepting that conservatives agree largely on society. Now, if you take the opposite line of argument that conservatives largely disagree, then your three main body paragraphs should take the form of an agree sandwich. This means that you should write, again, three main body paragraphs after your opening sentence. Um, and the first paragraph should describe how the strands disagree about society. And then the filling, the second paragraph, the middle paragraph, should focus on how the strands agree. And the third should return to your overall direction that the strands largely disagree. And by doing this, you are focusing more on how the strands disagree whilst acknowledging that there is some agreement. Therefore, you are accepting that conservatives agree only to a limited extent or mostly 
disagree. The important thing about your paragraphs is that they should, as stated earlier, include evaluative language throughout. Remember that the word extent should be used extensively, pardon the pun, even if you accept that there is a large agreement, um, acknowledge that there is some disagreement or vice versa. So your middle paragraph needs to cover this disagreement if you've said that they largely agree. I would start your middle or your filling paragraph off with the word granted. I love the word granted. Granted is a word that allows you to acknowledge that there is an alternative view that you might not necessarily agree with, but you accept that it exists. So you are accepting in, in this uh, essay on conservatives, if you've said that they largely agree on society, you're accepting still that there are some disagreements without acknowledging uh, that there are more um, disagreements and agreements. And then in your third main body paragraph, again, you need to weave in that persuasive AO3 language. Um, remember, you will have just written a whole paragraph, your middle paragraph, the filling paragraph, on the opposite argument. Um, so your evaluative persuasive language should flow from it. So try this on for size in the third paragraph. Yet ultimately, there are more agreements than disagreements between conservatives on society. And you can use that sentence starter for any of the ideologies. Yet ultimately, there are more disagreements than agreements uh, between feminists on human nature, etc, etc. So I hope that you find that um, disagree or agree sandwich approach better. Um, we find uh, that it allows you to maintain a line of argument whilst acknowledging um, that there are other arguments um, out there. And by doing that, you are therefore measuring the extent. I think it helps you get AO3 marks uh, for persuasive language more easier. And it certainly helps you uh, with balance, um, comparing the similarities and the differences between the strands, um, helping you with AO2. How to use key thinkers. Now, each ism, each ideology, involves learning about five key thinkers. You have to mention at least two of these to unlock the level. Imagine it's a computer game, peeps. So if I mention Millet and Robotham in feminism, I can get into level three and above. If I don't mention uh, two key thinkers, if I just mention one or none, I cannot get above level two. Now, your essay still has to be good, though. So you, you can't just simply say Millet and Robotham, right, give me uh, 14 out of 24 or what have you. You still have to uh, write a decent essay. It's best, in my view, to mention all five key thinkers on the specification related to that ideology. That helps you with high AO1, um, as thinkers are ultimately seen as knowledge by the examiner, which is AO1. You don't need and you shouldn't really compare thinkers. You should have a strands-led essay, as mentioned um, elsewhere. Um, so you don't need and shouldn't compare the thinkers. Just use them to demonstrate what a strand thinks or how an ism is similar or different. And don't just name drop. I'll give you an example of a, of a bad sentence. Individualist anarchists like Stirner blah, 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 blah. Okay, now this phrase uh, just does two things wrong. One, you may pigeonhole a thinker into a strand to which they don't really belong. And actually, well, Stirner probably was an individualist anarchist, um, but um, he wasn't necessarily um, against uh, a union of egoists um, and um, uh, people belonging to communes, if that's what individuals actually wanted. So um, you could 
perhaps argue that he wasn't necessarily an individualist. This is not your essay, peeps. You're not trying to pigeonhole. You shouldn't be trying to pigeonhole thinkers, okay? You should just be using thinkers to develop an argument you've made earlier in the paragraph. So don't pigeonhole thinkers. Don't say things like um, liberal uh, feminists like de Beauvoir. For a start, I think it's really debatable whether she actually was um, a, a liberal and so you don't really want to go down that rabbit hole just don't use the word like if you don't use the word like you are not pigeonholing thinkers the other thing that sentence does uh, badly let me just read it again individualist anarchist like Stirner the other thing that does badly is uh, that it's low AO1 because all you've told us uh, is the name you've just literally said I know someone and their name is Stirner or I know someone and their name is Millet or I know someone and their name is John Locke Okay, so when you use a key thinker, start the sentence with their name, because if you do that, you're forcing yourself to, to tell us a little bit more about them other than just their name. I'll model this. Kate Millett believes that the family is patriarchy's key institution. Actually, what I've done there is actually directly quote from Kate Millett. So quoting always helps with AO1. Just make sure it's accurate. If you were to say something like, Sheila Rowe Botham says that the family is patriarchy's key institution, you can't really get credited for that because you've, um, you've actually used the wrong quote. You've, you've attributed uh, the wrong view uh, to the wrong thinker. OK, um, now thinkers should really be used midway through your paragraphs. The start and the end of your paragraphs should be used for comparing strands and focusing on the word extent. Thinkers just tell us what you know. It's important um, and it's vital for AO1, but that's it. They are used to simply develop a point you have made about similarities and differences between the strands. Let me model this again. Let's come back to feminism for a model sentence or two. Earlier, I mentioned that liberal feminists and radical feminists disagree on where patriarchy exists. My sentence starter was, if you recall, radical feminists believe patriarchy extends to the private sphere, unlike the liberal focus on just the public sphere. Now, I will expand on, expand on that by mentioning a key thinker. Here goes. Radical feminists uh, believe patriarchy extends to the private sphere, unlike the liberal focus on just the public sphere. Kate Millett believes that family is patriarchy's key institution and that patriarchy can be seen everywhere, especially in literature. Consequently, the methods to address patriarchy need more than just reform for Millett. Uh, from the public sphere and parliament, but it needs instead a cultural revolution. All right, so I've given quite a lot of rich detail about what Millet thinks, um, and um, I haven't pigeonholed her, actually, uh, there. I mean, it's implied that she's a radical feminist, but I haven't said radical feminist like Kate Millet. Um, and um, by starting the sentence with her name, um, I've been encouraged, or I've encouraged myself, to write uh, what I know about Kate Millet, and that helps... Uh, us with AO1. I've used the phrase consequently as well. And um, I could have said this point um, is relevant because I could have used that phrase because that then helps me come back to the question. So in terms of using key thinkers, just be aware they shouldn't be compared with other key thinkers. They should be used to develop a point that you are trying to make. In this case, with feminism, I was developing um, the divides that feminists have on where patriarchy exists. How to write conclusions then? Now, I think this uh, method is probably helpful for conclusions on 30 mark questions as well. 
you should repeat the exact direction you took at the start. So here's my model. To a large extent, liberals agree on freedom in society. If I'm writing an essay about to what extent the liberals agree on freedom in society, then I've taken a view that they agree to a large extent. I could say, maybe it's better actually, liberals mostly agree on freedom in society. I think it's a bit less clunky, do you think? Um, and what you need to do for your conclusion is then move on to why you think it. So you're telling me what you think and why you think it. And to do that, you're going to repeat the specific areas of agreement and disagreement that you have identified in your three main body paragraphs in your sandwich, okay? Including those main mentioned in the middle paragraph, the, the, the filling section, that acknowledge, in this particular case, the divides within liberalism and its view on freedom. You may even use the exact lines you took at the end or at the start of each paragraph. So I might say, granted, love that word folks, granted, modern liberals advocate positive freedom while classical liberals advocate negative freedom. But ultimately, Liberals do all support freedom and they acknowledge the harm principle as well as the importance of the individual and their freedom in society. Okay, so uh, that's a model there for that specific question. But you can use this template really for um, any essay specifically on ideologies. Just repeat uh, the direction you took at the start and then look at your uh, three paragraphs that you've written um, and then just repeat the judgments you've made in those three paragraphs. And if you're thinking, I can't find those judgments, then you need to put them in um, because every paragraph should have judgments, um, should have persuasive writing. Um, and if it doesn't, then you're going to have uh, a less good time with AO3. And we want you to have a good time with AO3 and AO2 and AO1 and ideologies and also brilliant A-level results. And hopefully by listening to this show, that will help you. And if you really do uh, like what you've heard, if you found it useful, spread the word, tell your friends in your classes, uh, subscribe to Plus 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 and uh, uh, maybe buy the book. Um, I will um, put um, the link to my revision book in the show notes. Um, also, leave a really lovely review wherever you listen to your podcast because that helps more people find out about the show. Until next time, peeps. See you. Take care. Bye-bye.